Good morning. Today's reading is from Jeremiah chapter 31. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim. Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. For thus said the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together, a great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd, a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall become like a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning to, into joy. I will comfort them. I will give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, said the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, said the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. The word of God, the word of life. Thanks be to God.
Thanks, Sharon. Let's pray. God, we gather as people who need to hear your word again today um, for this powerful proclamation in the midst of a people long ago that's still relevant and real for us today. So speak to us, Lord, that we may hear and live in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built. There is such intention poured into these words that the prophet Jeremiah speaks to God's people. Both God's promise and his call are intertwined in these ten words like strands of a cord that are woven so tightly together that they cannot be separated. Promise and call come to God's people so eager to hear what's next for them because they are broken and scattered. After so many years in exile, they are returning to their beloved homeland, Jerusalem. Their land had been attacked and sieged and the temple destroyed. They were forced out of what they had known to live in foreign land. They're depleted and they're depressed, wondering why God had allowed such devastation to happen. And right in the, the middle of this despair, God's word comes clear. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built. Each part of this sentence holds meaning. Let's break it down. Again, God knows that building is something that does not happen only once. It's an ongoing act. Like, think of all the things that we must do in our lives again and again. Because the world is ever-changing and sin and brokenness can tear down what has already been created, we are constantly needing to rebuild. Again, I will build you. It's the plural you like y'all. All the fragments of people who have been pulled away from each other, isolated into groups, are called together once again. God is not building individually. He's building within community. This message of hope is not for certain people. It's for all people. Everyone is needed and no one excluded. And God will not miraculously build a temple in a city with the snap of hands. He calls his people to get building. Strap on your boots and step into the muck of brokenness and the debris of division. This is where God will rebuild. Each person has something to contribute to the building and the rebuilding. And then the declaration, and you shall be built. It's not an if-then statement. If you are good and do these things, then you will be built. No, it's 
a declaration of pure, unconditional promise, and you shall be built. I wonder where you are today after an overpacked election week. The maps are clear, we are a divided people, often huddling in packs of likeness, lobbing judgment back and forth to each other. Messages in every form of media are self-focused rather than communal. We hear about the I and not as much about the we. And then, to add to the recent news, graffiti, racial slurs painted on a bathroom stall at Maple Grove High School. Prejudice, hurt, and brokenness are this close, even if we do not think they are. We are the exiled people that we hear from the prophet Jeremiah. And so God's word comes to us today. Again, I will build you and you shall be built. It's both promise and call for the world, for our country, for our community, and for our church. And then I think about us specifically at Mount Olivet. It has been a year of great change, and we are different than we were a year ago. Change is always difficult, and most especially in the church. And so God's word comes to us. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built. It's a call that comes, we believe, as Christians in our baptism. God promises to always be with us, to save us with love, forgiveness, and abundant life, now, in this world, and even in death. And at the font, we are also called, called to actively participate in God's building and rebuilding of the world. We make that promise to each child and adult. We promise to know and celebrate your call in the world are the words that we say together. Each of us has a uniqueness and the fullness of who we are. And Pastor Joel, with the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders this last Wednesday, reminded them that God's word and the water doesn't wash away our uniqueness. It actually adds to that. We're not all supposed to be the same. Baptism says you are called and uniquely special just as you are. This promise and call is communal and it's shared work, and it's not passive. For some reason, faith is perceived to be private and passive. Church is seen as a building, a place to come, where we receive faith, where someone professionally trained will do and perform, and the rest will watch. It is clear from Jeremiah that God's promise and call is not about a building. It's God's presence and promise within wayward people as they are called into the world to rebuild together. We are reforming people. Our Lutheran faith comes from reformation. Digging into scripture to hear the promise and call made accessible, renewed then, and spoken to us. I wonder, as Kathy asked today, 
What is possible if each of our 559 families committed to the rebuilding of our community and our world? Together, we receive the promise and call to live out this vision together, to be a community partnering with God in the world. This rebuilding work is already happening. Even in the few short weeks Pastor Joel has been here, he, along with Summer, are meeting with each of our community partners, and that would be PRISM and Habitat for Humanity, Trinity Riverside, Home Free, Parenting with Purpose, just to name a few. And they are in conversation with those partners. What's next for us? How are we called together to rebuild our community? And then to share stories of impact so we all know the impact that this community is having with other organizations to change the world. Just last week, we experienced our renewed partnership with Mesasani Lutheran Church in Tanzania. This work is relevant in changing lives in people, families, and neighborhoods. We are investing so greatly in the forming of faith in kids and in us as adults to tend to this promise and this call. Just this weekend, the seventh and eighth graders were involved in an immersion of community to learn about poverty and inequity and participate together with organizations that are rebuilding in the community. Our kids are leading. Pete Erickson is forming faith with high schoolers to be peer leaders, for kids to lead and be advocates for justice and community in their high schools, families, and neighbors. Worship continues to be our communal time to hear the promise through word and sacrament, prayers and music, to be brought back together before we are sent out again into our daily lives. We are focused in on our identity, ministry, and missions to invest in our spiritual growth, to help each of us discover how we are called, and then to extend our vision of community. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built. At the end of chapter 31, God speaks of a new covenant. No longer can God's promise be held on tablets of stones that were created with Moses on Mount Sinai or on scrolls of paper. God is now writing his promise on the hearts of his people, you and me. And this will come to its fulfillment in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Each of you, when you came in, was given a building block, different shapes and colors and sizes. All of us are needed as God rebuilds our church and our world in this new day. What could be possible if each of us, if our 559 families contributed as they were called, both financially and with their active presence? What could happen with this kind of generosity and impact? I can't wait to find out. 
I invite you to bring your block up to communion. Place it on the table as a sign of your investment in the rebuilding of Mount Olivet and our community, step by step, block by block. Together we shall be built. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing together.